Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Refocusing Problem-Saturated Thinking. I recently posted a blog about problem-saturated conversations built around problem-saturated stories. A problem-saturated story is one that tells the story of an experience in a way that makes the problem powerful and visible but it leaves the values, skills, and choices and responses of the person experiencing the problem less visible. A problem-saturated conversation might sound something like this. Teacher one, I can't handle the constant disruptions of my class. It feels like there's always a handful of students who are disruptive, disrespectful, and refuse to follow any rules and instructions. Teacher two, I know exactly what you mean. I have a group of students who seem determined to disrupt the class every day. They talk loudly, ignore my instructions, and show no regard for their classmates. Teacher three, I'm dealing with the same issue. It's exhausting trying to manage these students and maintain a positive learning environment. I feel like I'm spending more time on discipline than actual teaching. Teacher one comes back into the conversation. And it's not just during class. I received complaints from other teachers about their behavior in hallways and during lunch breaks. It's affecting the entire school community. Teacher two, I've tried everything, rewards, consequences, parent meetings, but nothing seems to make a difference. The students continue to disrupt the class and show no signs of improvement. It's frustrating. Well, negative conversations like that can lead to a very limited focus on any solution, a negative impact on morale, a decrease in collaboration and teamwork, reduced creativity and innovation, and wasted time and energy. Those outcomes certainly indicate a need for strategies to refocus those conversations. When I posted that blog on LinkedIn, I received a response from Lana Cecil, reinforcing the need to shift these negative narratives. I followed up with a Zoom conversation with Lana, and I asked her to join me on this podcast to share her experiences personally and her experiences coaching teachers and coaching instructional coaches. Lana is in her 25th year as an educator and her 10th year as an instructional coach for ESC Region 13 in Austin, Texas. She coaches teachers and coaches across Central Texas, and she enjoys making products and services that support the hard work of coaching. Welcome, Lana. Thank you, Steve. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I was so excited when I saw your blog post because this uh, topic is very near and dear to my heart, very passionate about it. 
Well, let's let's jump in then with some of the first reactions you had when when you read the blog and uh, and its connection to your personal experiences. You bet. Um, the most exciting thing for me was that it gave me the language, the professional language to talk very clearly about what I've been passionate about for the last 10 years. I uh, started the what I call the Positober movement as you move into October. And so that's what I was talking with you about on your blog post. Well, let's get going with uh, Positober. What's 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 that about, and uh, and and how did you get there? Okay, so ten years ago, I was in a place where I was negative, and normally I'm a very positive, outgoing kind of sunshiny girl. That, in fact, sometimes that can kind of be my weakness. Is everybody <laughs> doesn't want to hear my sunshine. So, but um, I was there, I was there, I was in a negative place, I couldn't find my way out. And I was saying to my friends, you know, I was bringing everyone around me down, and I could feel it. And I thought there has to be a way uh, that, that I can, I can get out of this through self reflection, and just uh, taking a look at myself and what I can do. And it just happened to be right around October, that shocktober time, whenever we all say, well, it's just shocktober. And we all are just sad right now. Um, it's the disillusionment period for everyone. And I just thought there has to be there has to be a solution for this. Like we can't just keep saying it's October, it's October, we're sad. And so I started the Positober movement. And for me, it was just when those negative thoughts that I was continuously having, that I was continuously voicing to everyone around me came into my thoughts, I just chose to look at it and name it and decide what I wanted to do about it, rather than just kind of spread it around and just kind of sit in it. Because I felt like I was just sitting in it and, and there were no solutions happening. So as I started to do that, and also for me, I lean on my faith to the support of my coach, because I had a coach at the time that was amazing. And I also leaned on the support of my faith for that, because that was something else that was um, supportive to me. So it's kind of rooted in that on my personal space. But um so that's what I started to do. I named it. Um, I started to put out some funny memes and I put it out on on social media where everybody could join me to see if they wanted to join me and trying to and kind of support me too. my friend group could support me in that and and say, I, I need to make a change. I need to be more positive. And um, that was 10 years ago. And this will be my 10th year for Positober. And I have about a little a group of about 150 to 200 of my friends that get on with me and Positober and they they join me in this just and what I now know is shifting the narrative. It's narrative therapy. It's talking to it's getting out of those problem saturated conversations and moving to a more positive space without, and this is one of the my most important things, is um really not getting into that toxic positivity culture where you don't name because things are negative, like, especially in teaching, teaching is hard, we're asking people to do hard things. And so if things are hard, and, and like, like, in your examples, if they're experiencing um, heavy discipline or issues and things like that, we've, we can't just say that's not happening. And we're just going to be like, it's good, everything's great and wonderful. Um, because that's not at all. That's not what we want to do either. We want to be sure we self reflect, and we get to a place of action that actually um, gets us some relief and some peace and our agency back, our choice and our voice. And we're moving forward instead of sitting in a place that makes us sad. So that's, that's positive. 
what do you think it is about uh i'm i'm intrigued by the fact that it's a that it's a a common october issue and i I, I was listening to you i I was almost running my head is is it like the honeymoon period's over you know the, Mm -hmm. the 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 start the start of the school year and we are kind of prepped up for everything and we have this high expectation and then uh october rolls around and uh some realistic picture in front of us that we don't want to accept is that yes it's kind of like that so there's some research around it um, i think it's new teacher college i'm not sure if i'm quoting that correctly but it's, it's specifically around new teachers the disillusionment cycle you start off in that anticipatory you're so excited uh, yeah. you're doing i have great. seen that yes it's like it looks like it's a it's a graphic and it looks like a roller coaster right and so we're in that it kind of coincides with the implementation dip to anything yeah. new that kind of uh that kind of uh talk and research around that but yeah the disillusionment cycle happens when we when we and it always seems to coincide with the october november period before we can get back up to um to that space and so i think when i i don't know about you but <laughs> as a seasoned educator october was always difficult too because we're in the mentor space for all of those new ones and it's it's difficult for everyone, I think, in October because you you know you, your kids with discipline and everything they're not you've used all your bluffs, <laughs> you yeah. know, and all of that wonderful planning that you did during during the summer is you know you, you're kind of you're kind of at the end of the planning that you did for the beginning of the school year and you realize the reality of the group of people that you have in your classroom, the group of children that you have in your classroom might be have expectations that you didn't know that you're having to plan additionally for and so i think that i think that planning piece uh really gets everyone too but yeah shocktober but i don't we're we're not going to have shocktober i tell them that we're going to have positober we're going to acknowledge the negative and we've got strategies and things that we can do to get get out of that space we're not going to sit down there at the bottom of the bottom of the hill the roller coaster so you're you're looking to turn it into problem solving yes that's what we're doing we're going to yeah. we're going to identify it we're going to name it Hopefully with teachers as a coach, what I do is we try to get in and we name it. We say, what's causing this? Let's get to the root cause. Tell me what's happening. And um, as a coach, and when I'm coaching coaches, we think about active listening. What does that, what does it really look like to actively listen and and to sit there, sit down in it with them? Like you've got to get, you've got to have some empathy and get in there, get down in the trenches with them and really listen because things are negative. Again, it's not toxic positivity. This is not, oh, we're just going to get over it. It'll go, this too shall pass. So um, it really might not. Like we really may need to really take a look at what strategies or interventions and what support we might need as teachers to do that. So um, one of my favorite things about you, Steve, is your questioning and how you are responsive when you question. So I think it's being listening, actively listening and responding to whatever is said um, in that moment and thinking about what what the teacher's needs really are. And one of my one of my favorite things to think about is um, emotions, because a lot of times when we're getting to that frustrated place, it comes it's it's we're you know, we have strong emotions about it. And emotions usually come sometimes from a need. I, something you need is causing that strong emotion to happen. And so if you can get drilled down to like, what kind of angry are you or what kind of frustrated you are? And then what is that emotion connected to that you're, that you might need? 
and then take action on that need and get support for that need, whatever that need is. So for instance, with your example of the the teachers who might need uh, support with discipline, we could talk about what does that really look like? And really, I would probably talk with each teacher individually, because Mm -hmm. even though it seems to be a generalized problem, most likely, um, it, it, you know, there's going to be a, a different problem in each of those learning spaces. Um, and with each spaces. with each teacher, I'd probably get to different kids. Yes. Because it's, a, it's the same. The, as long as you're looking at the overall uh, of the, this problem, there's not, uh-huh. a, it's not a solution. You really can't. You really can't start focusing on a solution until you can can narrow it down further. You really, you really can't. And if it's not, and we try to get out of that generalized space, right? Like we, we sometimes we generalize everything is bad yeah. when yeah. really it's not, right? Like really, yeah. we can get down to whatever, whatever that specific need is for us, wherever we are in our experience as a teacher, or wherever, wherever we are in our in our need for tools and strategies and our relationships and connections with those students. The are where whatever pedagogy we need as far as um, you know being engaging that kind of thing. It could be anyone in any any one of those things or something else. You just never know. It's part of uh, of of, uh, of the coaching piece and uh, and having a team of colleagues to work with that that extend your options. I've 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 frequently described that you can struggle with a student uh, day after day after day, and 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 not get stressed as long as you're coming in tomorrow with a new plan. <laughs> stress stress is when you're driving in, and and I would say you're, you're driving in, and you know the student's going to be there because he's never sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you you know he's going to be there, and you know what he's going to do. And you have no idea how you're going to respond. That's that's when the high stressor really comes at you. It really does, and that's where it's like you call your coach, man, because your coach can be that thinking partner with you, right? Yeah. Um, and help you come up with that plan. And another thing that I'm really passionate about right now around this topic is the idea of self concept for teachers and for coaches, yourself and you know included, is you know self concept being self-esteem and self-efficacy and then locus of control so like in the in the intersection of all of those so self-esteem being i think i can't i I don't know if i'm worthy of this i don't know if i can do you know can do this and then self-efficacy i don't know if i have the tools to do this i don't know if i physically can and then um also the locus of control. I don't know if I have control over this. I don't know if I have the ability to make this happen. I don't know if it's in my scope or my job scope. So looking at that with them too, and just seeing like, where, where are we in our self-concept and how can, as a coach, discovering that self-concept because self-efficacy being different than collective efficacy, right? And how does my feeling of being um, effective affect the whole our our charge as a whole so that's that's another thing as a coach when i'm coaching teachers that i like to look at with them and that could just be a series of questions like just to get there how are you feeling about this you know i i think you've given me several pieces to this but i i, I want to push for some specificity as as a first step when when as a teacher I realize I'm hearing my own negative voice. In other words, the uh, 
the the conversation I'm having is with myself. It's it's not the three teachers having the conversations. It's it's me inside my head. When when that hits, that I know I'm having my negative uh, uh, self talk. What what's the first couple of steps uh, that 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 a person would want to consciously look to? Okay, so if when you're self reflecting on a problem saturated conversation with yourself inside your head, the first thing you need to talk to yourself about is, is this like, what, what is this problem? Is it negative or is it not negative? You know, like really just kind of talk to yourself about the problem. Is this something that's happening over and over again? Is this something that has just happened once? Um, And like really, uh, get down, dig down deep. Do I, might I have some blind spots about this issue because I'm so passionate about it? Might I need to seek out support from someone else who can help me see those blind spots, like maybe a coach or a peer, um, a colleague? So it, I think it's just it's just talking with yourself about about it. How do I feel? How do I feel about what it, this is? This really strong emotional thing that is making me feel negative. Like, what is it? And then I think the second step would be, okay, it's causing me to have this emotion, but what do I need? What is it that I really need that's causing me to have this emotion? So if I were thinking about the teachers, if we were talking hypothetically about our teachers who need, uh, who have the the discipline issues, I might, you know, they could ask themselves, okay, you know, is this really all of my students in the classroom or is it really only just a few you know like really just trying to to find your current reality i really think that's uh that's what it is and good phrase yeah and just digging down and and again when if i were coaching coaches that's where i would say okay you know be sure you're there to be that reflective partner with them and help them drill help them drill down and help them find those blind spots that they might not see as you help self-reflect but yeah and I and, and I think that's that is what I did when I when I do positober, I sit back and I just they'll come the negative thoughts they come and you can't help it right like right. they're there right. you're thinking oh what is this mess <laughs> you know and so then you're like come on man stop and think is this really a mess or is this is this a mountain or a molehill that kind of thing right so um, and I'm like oh this is really not a mountain this is just this it's okay. This is not something I need to spend all of my time on. Um, I can move forward with this, or this is something I might I might need to reflect on a little bit more because I have a need that I I have something that I need and I need to figure out action steps. So then that there's the plan to meet the need. Right? Like you got to come up with some tactics. Like yeah. what are what are the tactics that I'm going to need to meet this? As I was listening to you, I was labeling it as next step. So mm-hmm. if if my first set of questions get to me. Get get me to what what is the reality, and and now that I reality, then what would the next step of progress look like, instead of what would the next miracle look like? Right. <laughs> so, if, if you know if this is the problem I'm having with students, what would be what would be that indicator? And sometimes as a coach, it's the question I ask: what what would be the indicator of of a next step? Uh, what, what, what would, what would be as a teacher looking at your students, what would be a sign that you're making progress and that we'd work towards getting that sign of progress? Cause that's the piece that'll, that'll put you up from there. I love it. And as a, and as a coach, it's good to have that calibration so that, you know, when they see what, what they think success what, is, right. Yeah. 
or yeah. you have a common idea of what not success, what when, it, yeah. when you're unsuccessful, what does that look like? Because a lot of times current reality, that's where you can get kind of, it can kind of shift, right? Agreed. I agree. So let's let, let's see if together we can kind of do one uh, 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 strategy wise. So you're you're an instructional coach. You're working in a PLC meeting, and you realize that the problem saturated conversation has hit. What 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 do you think are the are the, are the steps that uh, an instructional coach or school leader or t- or teacher leader who's facilitating that meeting what what are this what are the first steps you think you can take when, when you realize that that problem saturated conversation has begun so as a facilitator i probably would throw out a question because that's yeah. you know that's usually where we start steve is with the question i'll be like or or a paraphrase because if i'm here if i'm listening if i'm actively listening as a coach and I'm hearing this, these problems over and over again, I'm probably going to paraphrase back to them. What I'm hearing you say is try to capture those emotions that they're feeling along with that paraphrase. So I hear you are having high emotions about this particular issue, whether it be around data or whatever it is in PLC, right? And so let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about this, about what we feel like is causing this, us to feel this way. And let's acknowledge it and then let's see if we can come up with some action steps to make this not not bring us down, make us not feel so heavy about it. Because I'm I'm hearing your voice. I'm hearing you say that this is obstructing um, our joy. It's obstructing our ability to do our best work and our motivation to keep you know continuing to teach students in a in a fantastic way. So let's just let's take a look at it. So I think it's just drilling down. And then okay, the next steps would be after we could kind of name it. We name it, we name what that issue is. Okay, the issue is this, and we and it may not be the first issue. I like to take Michael Bungay Stanier's um, standpoint on that. What is the real challenge here? Because a lot of times what they feel like is the real challenge, it's not really. So through questioning, you can get down to, okay, so we've got this need. We know that we might need some active learning strategies because our students are not engaged. We've exhausted our toolkit. We don't know. So is it professional learning that we need? Can your coach provide that for you? Um, can I provide that for you? Can we go off-site somewhere wonderful and have, have a beautiful learning experience with some lunch? You know, what would that look like? And then take the appropriate action steps to get there. And then as a coach, I would be like, okay, and then implementation when we return after that, what would it look like when we implement it into in each individual's classroom? So that's when I would then, as the coach facilitator, go in and follow up one-on-one with each one of those teachers on how they will individually take that group learning that we that we had in our professional learning community and individually put it inserted into their practice from their point of of learning and experience. So I think that's what I would do. And I I, I think uh, you, you took uh, earlier the statement that you put out big was empathy. So probably mm-hmm. the empathy precedes and then the questions, uh, the, 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 the questions follow. Yes, I think so. And cause I think it's so important. And that, I love that, uh, the blog that you posted by Tiffany Sostar, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And she talked about agency and voice and choice and the, and the, the importance around that when you're having a negative or a problem saturated conversation, because that sometimes is what's missing. Like 
they feel you feel like you don't have those things like that could even be your need right and when you need those things then you just kind of sit there and you feel like there's it's like you need a miracle just kind of like what you said earlier right you feel like the only thing that's going to help this is a miracle but that really does not have to be that way it really doesn't but before the coaching the listening the empathy which really is part of coaching but that that important piece of coaching is that empathetic ear the non-judgment the the making sure you're actually and um, i know i learned from steve barkley that you can't paraphrase well if you aren't actively listening so <laughs> well uh i i'm excited that i posted this blog at the at the right time for you to uh, lead it into uh, in, into Positober, uh, I'll make sure that the uh, that the link to the blog that we've been uh, uh, talking about is in the lead in to to this podcast. And in the blog, you'll find the the connection to the additional article that uh, that Lana mentioned. So that's there for you as resources. Um, Lana, if somebody wants to uh, uh, talk a little bit more with you about this or uh, get a look at some of your uh, Positober uh, 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 memes. Uh, what's <laughs> yeah. a way that they? What's a way that they can get in touch with you? So you can get in touch with me. You can always you can always email me at lana l a n a dot cecil c e c i l at e s c thirteen dot t x e d dot net. That's me. So you can always you can if you want to have coaching questions or anything like that, and you just want to talk to a coach, I'm here. If you want to join me for Positober, I suggest Facebook. Um, I'll try to push it out into Instagram this year too, since we are, since we're there. But on Facebook, if you just put in Positober, my, uh, my business page for Positober will come up. I typically do it on my personal page, but you know what? This year I'll push it out and I'll tell my people to follow me on my, uh, on my business page. And so you can find me there. So if you just look up Positober, yeah. Terrific. We'll put your email uh, in the uh, lead in too. Thanks so, thanks so much. Uh, first of all, for responding uh, to my LinkedIn uh, piece. You frequently wonder when you're posting if is anybody really looking <laughs> at this. So it, it, it always feels good to get a note that somebody saw it and read it. Uh, but then for uh, agreeing to join me here and doing the follow up, I I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.